I want to get started here tonight. And uh, first of all, thank you for all that are listening in. And um, Bryce, for what you guys are doing, I give you honor today for that. When you asked me to do this, the first thing that came to mind was how do we reach a community? How do we reach a city? Um, and how do we reach an individual? All those things are um, pretty much done the same way. And I'm just going to give you a little thing that God gave me several years ago. Um, I used to sell a lot of cars and um, <clears throat> uh, I lost the key to a car and I called a locksmith. A locksmith came by and uh, he put in a soft key and he began to turn the key, pull it out and file it. And then he put it in, turned it, pulled it out and filed it. He did this for about 20 minutes, kept filing away at the key, filing one notch, a second notch, a third notch until he turned the key. The Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. And God showed me something. He said, every soul, every community, every city has a key. So when we walk into a community, when we meet an individual, God gives us a blank key. And we have got to take the time to file the notches. And I want to give you six, uh, six quick notches tonight that I've seen work for individuals. What this does has helped me uh, for a community, for a city, for an individual is six systematic notches. If I can uh, know where I'm at with an individual, if I can know where I'm at with the community, uh, with an area, then I know what to do next. I know what to work on next. So I want to give these things to you, this uh, wisdom, if you would, for winning souls, for winning a community, or unlocking the door to an individual or to a city. Number one, connect. You've got to find a way to connect. Um, so connecting with people is about, it's about building relationships. It's about knowing them. Um, that is the number one notch is to find a way to get to know them, to know their name. Um, it could be going to a park, playing, a, playing ball with them, having a dinner, having a cookout, but it's gotta be real. It can't be uh, just another notch on your belt of soul winning or whatever it may be, but you gotta have a real connection with people, knowing their name, knowing their children, knowing about their family. Um, this connection will help lead you to the second notch, and that is consent. You're looking, when you're building a relationship with the people or with the community or with an area, you're, you're connecting with them so that you get consent. Consent is permission. It's for them to say to you, hey, um, what do you believe? Or would you pray for me? Now, there are key moments when you know you have permission. And I'll say this, there have been some individuals, it's taken me a lot longer, uh, or even parts of our city, that's taken me a lot longer to get consent or to get permission to speak. But it's important that you build that relationship to the point that you have permission to speak. And so with that being said, like I said, there's times it may take longer than others, but once you get consent, uh, let me give you an example. There was one individual I would meet a group of guys. Of course, I meet a group of guys in the morning and play basketball with them and go to the gym, play racquetball. And these were doctors, lawyers, teachers, and they would meet at six o'clock in the morning till seven and they would all go to work. And I found this was a good place for me to connect with men in my community to try to 
to get permission. Now they knew I was a preacher. I didn't force anything. I didn't go in there, uh, try to lay hands on them and win them all to God. I was just building relationships with them until one day one of them walked up to me. And for years, he just called me by my first name. But that day he said, hey, pastor, hey, preacher. And I knew immediately something was different. And he said, could you pray for my family? Could I ask you some questions about the Bible? And I was at level two. I'm at level two. Once you get to level two and you've got permission, you got to go to level three. And that's compel. Don't get stuck at just being friendly. Don't get stuck at just cons getting consent. You've got to compel them. This is it's Acts 2.38 time. It's, it's time to get them to church. It's time to invite them to a Bible study. It's time to uh, invite them to uh, a prayer meeting. Compel them to come. And uh, you can miss that moment if you're not too careful because it gets comfortable at consent. You finally, man, you've worked hard and they're finally looking at you as a leader. They're finally looking towards you as a spiritual person in their life. But you've got to compel them. You've got to get to the meat of what they need. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You know, you've got to get to that meat of the moment, if you would. After you compel them, notch number four, conversion. It's Acts 2.38 time. It's time for a conversion. There was an individual that I uh, saw walking down the road one day. And uh, this is years ago, 2006. I had just started pastoring a home missionary church, was trying to get it off the ground, and we'd have 12, 13, 14 in church, and this man was a big dude, and uh, it was a hot, hot summer day, so I started picking him up, giving him a ride to work, got to know him, and uh, got to get to, you know, know his name, knew where he lived, and I didn't even tell him I was a preacher, I was just picking him up and talking to him, connecting with him, and then um, this went on for about a month, and one night I went to the gas station where he worked at. And that night he locked the door and he turned to me and he said, uh, I need help. He later on confessed that he was going to kill himself that night, but he said, I need help. And, uh, and he, there you go. I went from connect to consent. I got consent. And uh, then I said, have you ever heard of the Holy Ghost? I'm compelling. I'm trying to find what he knows. I'm trying to, I'm trying to draw him to a place of where I can convert him. He said, no. So, we went to his apartment that night, and uh, it's about one or two o'clock in the morning by this point, and we're reading a Bible, and we begin to go through the uh, the scriptures, and the Holy Ghost began to move. Before it was over with, he was on his knees, hands lifted in the air, and God had filled him with the Holy Ghost. I want to pause here for a second. I know that we are measured so many times. People ask, well, how many have got the Holy Ghost? How many people have you baptized or prayed through? But you need to remember this. If all you focus on is just having a Holy Ghost crusade, and I'm all about that. But I've seen this happen too many times where a group goes into a city or a community and they want to have a Holy Ghost crusade. And you hear 50, 60, 70 got the Holy Ghost. But the problem is, in so many instances, they go back two, three months later, you hear about that same community and nothing's happening. Or that church, all those converts are gone. I've learned in my experience of winning souls and building a church, you've got to make sure that you build that connection and you get that consent and you compel them. You get those notches cut because if all you ever focus on is just get people filled with the Holy Ghost and just getting them that, that, that conversion and they don't have the connection, you better believe the devil is going to quickly draw them and pull them out. 
You've got to work on building the relationship with them, getting the permission from them, and that consent, connect, consent, compel, convert, convert. I know we're measured by conversions, but if you'll do the others, you'll build a church. You'll build a, you'll build a great Bible study group. You'll build something that's going to last. It's going to stick through. It's going to, it's going to, they're going to fall whenever they're, whenever they can't feel the Holy Ghost, whenever they can't get, get prayed through, they're going to fall back on that relationship with that individual who helped them. And that's where the power's at is back in those connections and those permissions that you've worked on and those things where you've compelled them. And now you have a conversion after the conversion. You want to copy. It's a discipleship. You want to you want to cut a notch of discipleship. You want to teach them how to go out and do what you're doing and learn to pray and learn to teach the Bible study themselves and learn to get others. I immediately, once I've got someone coming to church, I'm giving them church cards. Hey, go out and knock doors. With us. We're having outreach next week. Come on with us. And they're brand new in church. But I'm working on discipling even from the very beginning. But you want to disciple them. Okay. You want to copy them. They don't need to be just like you. And I think it's important to also understand this in soul winning. Everybody's not a frontline soldier and that's okay. There are some that are going to be uh, really good at getting out in the streets and knocking the doors, but you know, and I, and I sometimes I refer to them as the special forces of the church, the special forces of the kingdom of God. But for every elite soldier, let's say for every Navy SEAL, it is said that there are 1,200 supporting staff for every Navy SEAL that goes into battle, 1,200. We need all types of individuals helping the church to go forward. Uh, if you're trying to plant something, you need, you're going to need people behind the scenes. You're going to need people that are going to teach Sunday school classes. You're going to need people that are, you know, I, I've even have experienced some of the greatest soul winners in my church is some of the older folks who have never, you're never going to get them out knocking door to door, and they're not going to get involved in maybe a street crusade. But their presence of being there, being a grandparent that some of these kids have never had, uh, being that elder voice in people's lives that they never felt before, it's a vital, important part of that connection and then that consent that they're going to give to your group, to your church, to compel them and then to convert them and to copy them. And then level six, that last notch, these are six to six notches. And I wish I had more time tonight. I hope this helps you. That sixth notch is celebrated. Let's go through this again and I'll go to celebrated. Connect, consent, compel, convert, copy, celebrated. We are endeavoring to build our presence in a community that they celebrate when they hear the name of their church or that individual, or that group. And this takes time. This takes doing it with individuals over and over again, with families over and over again. But I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I've worked with uh, one man in a community. Uh, I'm relaunching a church outside Charlotte right now as we speak. I've been there on the ground full-time, going on three months. And some of the men in our community that I've connected with, and, and then one of the men that I've converted, and now I'm, I'm discipling him. Now he's growing in God. But because of what's happened with him, the community is already starting to celebrate the fact that I'm there, that the church is there. And people are just walking in off the street because they heard what happened to Jeff or they heard what happened to Megan and they hear what happened. We want to build our relationships to the point that they celebrate that we're there. This takes time again. And the more you do it, the more celebrated you get. I've, I've been to cities, um, Durham, North Carolina, where Johnny Goder just uh, retired. I remember just driving through Durham. 
and you can go to almost any gas station, any, any store, anywhere in the city. And you'd ask them, hey, do you know where First Pentecostal Church is? And they could tell you. Everybody knew about it. If you needed healing, they say, hey, go to that church. They were celebrated. You know, Jesus was celebrated when they heard that he was passing by. They came. I want to encourage you. Don't get discouraged because they don't celebrate you or they're not excited to see you. It takes time. It takes cutting that key. And the more you cut that key, the more you work on, I promise you, they're going to celebrate that you're there. They're going to be excited when you pull up. They're going to come out. And just as Jesus did, they came out by the multitudes and they wanted to hear what was happening. I want to encourage you today, cut the key for every individual. I believe as you go out, every time you go out to an area to knock doors, there's a spiritual set of keys God gives you and they're all blank, every single one of them. For every child you see, for every mom you see, for every dad you see, for every alcoholic, drug addict, there's a blank key. And that soul is crying out, will you be patient enough to cut the key? to open my life to salvation, to open my life to walk with God. I encourage you, be patient as you cut those keys. If you'll do it, God will send great revival everywhere you go. God bless you. I love you guys. I know God's going to do great things with you. Keep up the good work in Jesus' name. Bye-bye.